0: to another episode of Back of the Grid. I am your host this week, Tom, and I am joined by Chris. Hello. And by Stu. Hello. And we are going to talk Italian GP.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to forgive me this episode because I sound quite husky. (laughs) um, I'll probably be on mute for a lot of it. But um, yeah, if there are any accidental coughs, those that are listening live, just please uh, don't unsubscribe <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be a pretty harsh unsubscribe if that was the reason I'm going to put do, it out Matt, there now people
1: do. too much off I've, uh, yeah, I've seen people kneecapped for less <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you have yeah. had a large weekend so uh, yeah. yes
0: this is probably in your ears a slight bit later than usual because of their large weekend but it was better to postpone and have us all be able to yammer about a race that finished under safety car a
1: race, <laughs> a, a ra- yeah, a ra- and a race that probably what thirty three percent of us have watched fully.
0: I mean, I Another watched it 66, in sixty
1: six. Well, it's 67 I watched the extended highlights. I watched the the race in thirty, and I'm glad I didn't watch the full race. It looked like thirty was enough, didn't it? Yeah, thirty was plenty, <laughs> from what I saw. Should we Should we dig into it?
0: Jordan, I was about to say, <laughs> going to go into the specifics of of said race that could be covered within thirty minutes
2: yeah i mean (laughs) it took longer to work out what the grid was than to watch the exciting bits of the race (laughs) like i remember like post-qualifying i saw about six different f1 journalists posting what they thought the grid was going to be and they were all completely different (laughs) but
0: um i mean i can't even remember how it ended up to be brutally honest with you Is, that's been, like, omitted from my memory now at this point. <laughs> the,
2: the bit that I remember more than anything is Magnussen got a 15-place penalty and started four places higher than he qualified. So yeah, make of that what you will. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, well, let's just, just get into the race, uh, which despite the penalties and Verstappen, I think he had a five-place penalty, still became a Verstappen versus Leclerc race for the win. Was it even a race? I mean, I'm trying to I mean, talk it
0: out. I was, I was literally about to say to you that I'm not even sure if it if it was a race because... I, well, I, the thing is, it, it comes back to, again, Ferrari strategy, doesn't it? Like, they kind of shot themselves in the foot and put themselves on the worst of the two strategies. But honestly, I think even if they'd stayed with the prime strategy, that most others were using, yeah. I don't think that it would have made that much of a difference, I mean yes it would have made Max's life a little bit harder because he'd have had to actually overtake Leclerc like in a battle that's the thing he robbed us of most is him actually yeah. having to make the move for the lead but honestly the way he was driving and the way that Red Bull looked in race trim, I don't think he'd have been able to put up a huge fight for long to hold on to yeah. that lead
1: did you see the size of the wing on that Red Bull? Yeah. Mm. And they had like the highest top speed as well. They were like quickest in the straight line of anyone. Yeah. The aero efficiency of that car is just yeah. unbelievable. Go, go figure, eh? Go figure. Yeah. Uh, it was I'm, very it was very
0: race-heavy setup though, generally, wasn't it? Like you saw that on Saturday. Like When when you go yeah. back and sort of look at the times that they were putting in compared to the Ferraris, there was always a a game plan there that I, at first, with the Saturday thing, I thought it was a little bit of um, aerodynamic hubris from Red Bull, as in we're that much faster at the moment that we can put a heavier, like you know, a, a bigger rear wing on them. We'd no, we technically would in the past and get away with it to basically essentially make us fast on all three sectors rather than just the yeah. the straight bits. But I mean, in their defence, in ra- in in a race trim, it worked absolutely perfectly
1: yeah they knew they were gonna have DRS that's why they they were gonna be able to get to the front it was just yeah. a case of what how, how many places can you make up and um they know that they've got a quick enough car to get to the front of that so yeah it's kind of just yeah I mean there's there's more to it than just like putting a massive on it the way the car like tilts back as it goes as, as the as the speed builds then obviously you're gonna wash off downforce and drag that way but um, yeah, it's just—I mean—it's just an amazing vehicle. It's got an amazing driver in sat in there. Um, even with a massive it, you're always going to have DRS going through the crowd, and you're going to be—you're going to be able to make the best use of that car. And Verstappen absolutely did that. I, I cannot see a world where Verstappen wasn't winning that race this weekend. Yeah, he was so same. Cool. No, crazy.
2: Like, if, if anything, I almost applaud Ferrari for trying something different to at least give themselves a chance. Because you're right—if they'd have just stuck to the prime strategy they were always going to lose that race like at least by trying something different they gave themselves a chance and obviously the safety car had like played out maybe would have worked in their favor um hard to tell but like the ferrari like is obviously a lot harder on its tires than the red bull i think that makes a big difference but like yeah. you've only got to look at when um leclerc uh Was on fresher tyres than Verstappen. When when Leclerc made his second stop, when he came out on fresh softs behind Verstappen, and he couldn't eat into his lead. Like Verstappen's on old mediums, and Leclerc was maybe taking a tenth or two out of him a lap, maybe. Yeah, that was that
0: was only was hunting him down before the safety car, wasn't it? Like it just there just wasn't enough pace there, and either that or it was just the combination of that with. Max holding holding back essentially saving the tyre because of the position he was in knowing that that attack was coming and he needed to have that because he's not going to stupidly wear those tyres to the point that he's putting himself in a detriment when it comes to that fight he's being reserved with them so that he's got as much as possible left when it comes to that fight and yeah. I think that that's the intelligence of his drive there is just not trying to just sprint into the distance as quickly as possible on the tires, but just maintain consistent lap times, maintain a gap, and save it for when that attack comes to be able to respond. I mean, who got fastest lap in the end? I can't even remember who got fastest lap. Good Is it Perez? question. I think
1: okay. Sergio Perez. It was a, yeah. Perez got one near the end. Uh, it was a one twenty four zero three zero
0: so about yeah, it, 3 tenths faster than yeah the wasn't it
1: but um yeah. i
2: mean yeah like the, ultimately it just it verstappen in that red ball this year has become a almost unbeatable combination it's, it's ridiculous that's five yeah. on bounce he's won now um yeah. that he can technically win the title next race i yeah, think if Leclerc-, Leclerc finishes like
1: Eight and Verstappen eight wins. Eight yeah. It's eight and Verstappen <laughs> wins. Oh I think God. with fastest lap. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Not That's impossible. That's ridiculous. Not impossible. It's not impossible. It's absolutely yeah. not impossible. No, but not
0: given the way the Ferrari and Leclerc have been in combination this year.
2: Yeah. So in the last couple of races, he's really like got back on it. Um... So, oh, yeah. it's, so it's the Japan
0: prediction. We said, we said this though, didn't we? I think between us, we sort of said, if Max wins in like... The Netherlands and Italy, like, wins the next couple of races. He's basically on for a Japan, a classic Japan title crowning, which isn't Which
2: will he? be, um, again, just on brand for Honda. They'll win a title at their home race when they're not officially there, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we could talk superlatives all day. It's just ridiculous how good and how fast that combination is right now. Yeah. Um, I I mean, good drive from Leclerc, all the same. He did everything he could. I think Um, he was. I was. Leclerc was obviously very fast in qualifying. He did everything he could in the race, but yeah, nothing he could have
0: done. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, some people may hate me for saying this. Some people may completely agree, but I think it's starting to like turn into the synergy that Lewis has had over the, you know seasons preceding this one with the Merck, You know, like, the, the Merck's obviously been strong and Lewis has had a synergy with it of just always being able to get, like, absolutely top draw performance out of it. And I think Max is in tune with this iteration of Red Bull in exactly the same sort of way. Um, I mean, he's, he's always been quick, but there's been a combination of, like, uh, reliability issues and just him trying to do maybe too much with the car sometimes in previous years whereas this year everything seems a lot more settled and just a lot more natural and a lot more dominant really just yeah. the combination of the two of them
1: yeah it's boring isn't it <laughs> I mean it is
0: it is just as boring from that degree as yeah. like when Hamilton had win every week so um, it right. was ju- it was just a case of if Hamilton doesn't has a struggle in the race will Bottas Win the race because the Merc's better. Yeah, I mean, how like, many races?
1: How many races did Hamilton win? And we were all like, "Oh, so boring." Like, well, I wish someone would be competitive. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's reached a point now in this season where it, it has almost become like too uncompetitive. Like, it's you, you, you do want to. Like, the beginning of the season was great because it was super, super competitive. Yeah, you didn't know quite who was going to win each race. They were fairly evenly matched at the front, and all last season they were really evenly matched, which made it a fantastic season to watch. Um, bar the last sort of, you know, bar all the acrimony. But other than that, it was an amazing season. This season just isn't living up to that. Like, th- there's too much disparity now between the top teams for, for, for it to really give us competitive racing at this point. And I yeah. really yeah. want to see sort of that change and, and the, the order come a bit closer together.
0: It's annoying because I think that on some occasions, the, the Ferrari is still a quicker car. It's yeah. just them it's them I guess failing to apply it to some degree at, at times.
2: It is as well the first year of a big regulation change and you do tend to get one or two teams who get it more right than the rest. So I do imagine yeah. over the next few years it's gonna get a lot closer as they all kind of well, copy the Red Bull <laughs> essentially. <laughs>
0: I mean, even that's not a straightforward process, though, is it? Because Aston Martin have tried that, and yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not really made that much of a difference for them. Yes, it looks better than it did, but it's not like a <laughs> silver a bullet. Bar. Is it? To, <laughs> to, to, yeah, well, exactly where were they before? <laughs> so, I mean, neither of them finished a race yeah. this week, so
2: no. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll move along. So George Russell, yet another podium. Basically, spent most of the race all on his lonesome. They Mercedes tried to try something different to the people around them and did soft to hard, so he's on the hard tyres for most of the race, which were like consistently not very fast. So he didn't worry the top two, no one behind really caught him enough. I think if not for the safety car signs, might have given him a bit of bother in the closing laps for third, but yeah, basically he was just all on his own for a whole race. But yeah, just Mr. Consistency continues to be Mr. Consistency. I, c- I can see.
1: Russell finishing second in the championship this year. I was I as well.
0: literally about to say the same thing. <laughs> that like, I mean, sixteen points behind Leclerc at the moment. Yeah, like <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> he's he's looking very plausible with the way yeah. that car's been in recent weeks, and comparing that with like Ferrari's current form in general.
1: Ferrari, even one of their like one of their sort of comments from the top was um, that they were happy to see that there was a gap to Russell and it's like that's completely the wrong attitude surely you should be disappointed at the gap yeah it's not who you're supposed to be Verstappen. racing yeah you're not racing yeah. you're not racing Mercedes you're racing Red Bull and yeah it's just it's, it's reaching the point of admitting defeat now even on track like seeing yeah. Russell going back without sort of going back too much Russell when he was overtaken by Verstappen earlier in the race didn't even try because yeah. he knows like he's not in the fight against Verstappen, he's not. It's not his championship. His championship is beat the Ferraris or get as close. His his rivals are the Ferraris, really, and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Perez because Perez seems quite a lot slower than Verstappen. Now he sort of got that curse that yeah. all of the second Red Bull drivers seem to get after a period of time. Um. So yeah. Anyway,
2: I'll let you. I'll let you crack on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of mentions running down the finishing order. So, yeah, we said signs. It was sort of got close East to Russell at the end, but a good recovery from 18s on the grid for him.
0: I was really pleased with that drive.
2: Yeah, he had to actually do a lot of it on track as well. Not much of that was to the pit stops. He had to put a lot of moves on people. Yeah. Really, really good drive from signs of that.
0: Yep. He made me very proud to own his hat. Just, just <laughs> because you didn't know I own a Carla Signs hat this season.
1: Oh, you might have mentioned it <laughs> once or twice before, yeah.
0: Every week I will get it in.
1: <laughs> I, I actually witnessed—I witnessed Chris's um, Max, uh, not Max Verstappen, <laughs> um, Sebastian Vettel hat this weekend while we were away. He, he wore it out, out in Vettel the wild. Hat, yeah. He,
0: is, is which one? Sorry, is oh, Bottas hat. one? Oh, his Vettel no. one.
1: Vettel, Vettel yeah. yeah. Why did what happened to the Bottas one? Why we have the Bottas one anymore? The oh, Bottas. It's, a bit,
2: it's a bit tired after. Um, I it had too much hammer? <laughs> It's 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 been it's been to a couple of Grand Prix and of maybe a festival or something. It's it's a little tired now. With the Bottas hat.
0: I I've got um, I've got a cap very similar to that. It's, most annoying thing is when it's your favourite one. I've got like the do you remember the Burgundy Lewis Hamilton one from? I remember it well. It was it was originally from Spain. The one where he crashed into Rosberg it was a special <laughs> edition for that race because I bought it there on on at the circuit. Lucky and it, it is haggard now. It's been through quid. so much. Yeah, Oh, yeah. There weren't that much back then, though, mate. There weren't that much back then. <laughs> uh, 55. 59.99 f-
1: yeah. back then. <laughs> I, I bought a, I bought a Hamilton one at the British Grand Prix. It's blue. It's a really nice colour blue, but it's got a really unfortunate Union Jack on the bottom of the peak of the hat. That was like um, just before I remember Brexit that one. as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just... So it, it, I dubbed it my Brexit hat. And... Um, <laughs> Now, I just I can't obviously, I can't wear it because he's got a plumbing union jack on it. He just look like, or maybe, like, maybe this week is the one week where you can yeah. You yeah, wear absolutely. a union jack thing and, That's and fine. it do not seem so Brexit. It might seem a bit <laughs> less Brexit now for obvious reasons if you've not been living under a rock. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of
2: Hamilton, hats, uh, <laughs> another good recovery. Hamilton was, I think, the only person who did a medium to soft strategy, worked really well for him. Went from 13th on the grid up to 5th. Um, not much more to say other than a sort of a solid weekend for Mercedes again.
0: Yeah, good good drives from both. Uh,
2: Perez, as you mentioned briefly, Stu, he got into a fight with Signs really early on and had a massive lockup that gave him a flat spot. And then he got some debris stuck in his brake ducts as well. So he had to pit really early and then came out of the pits with his brakes on fire. So I had to spend several laps lift and coasting until the fire went out. Wow. They were yeah.
1: literally like fully... They were flames coming yeah. out. They the were full so on fire. Into mm. turns one and two, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, and yeah, He ended up having to pit
2: a second time as well. And again, he was maybe catching Hamilton before the safety car, but not a great race for him. Yeah. Who else? Norris. Norris died third, and then was down to sixth by about two seconds into the race. Apparently, he had a launch map issue, which meant he just didn't
1: get off the line. That was a sh- that was probably the worst start I've seen all season. It was an absolute yeah, shocker. Very bad.
0: It was. Much bad. So. It yeah. was it, he he had initial problems on the formation lap, though. So I think there was something not right with the with this yeah. clutch paddle on the on the wheel. Yeah. it's one of those um,
1: starts where you're you're you can see the driver like frantically looking in his mirrors either side like who's gonna go yeah. The back of me? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah well, i mean
0: he's a passenger at that point isn't he if they if that buy point's not quite right on that clutch and it's not where it's expected to be what once it's in that motion and it's kind of just juddering away <laughs> trying to get up to speed yeah. he's he is at the mercy of everyone else like spotting that's going on and getting around him isn't he really
2: yeah 100%. yeah he's hope for the best at that point mm. Uh, he ran a long first stint and climbed back up to fourth. Then he had a slow pit stop just to compound his issues, dropped to ninth. In the end, he finished seventh. The team reckoned he probably had pace for fifth place, if not for all the issues. But yeah, an, an okay day for him under the circumstances, I suppose. Um, definitely, I think we yeah. can safely say a track that suits McLaren based on last year and this year. Didn't suit them yeah. quite as well this year, but still.
1: Yeah, they do seem to st- sort of be settling into that place ahead of Alpine though now. Even though Alpine are, are looking okay, they're not that far ahead of them. They, to me, they look the better team. They might not even have the quicker car, but they're using their car a lot better. It,
2: it's definitely the momentum seems to be swinging back in McLaren's favour, doesn't it? Because Alpine were just on top for a good five or six race in a row. But uh, yeah, definitely swinging back. Yeah. And yeah. I guess Ricardo, while we're talking about them, they started P4 and actually ran really well in the first sort of half of the race. He was had like decent pace sort of in the mix for the top end of the points. He, he was medium to hards, which I think may have been the beginning of his undoing.
0: Yeah. He was the leader of that medium pack, wasn't he? So everyone, yeah. everyone that was soft starters had gotten ahead of him if they weren't already. And it, Well, yeah, there were some soft starters from behind him that had gotten ahead of him. Um, and then he was sort of just leading that pack of medium starters, which, it turned into a little bit of a train, but I mean nobody realistically had the pace to be able to to fight, did they? So
2: No. It's defensive it driving, only, I guess. Of the finishes, it was only Gasly and Show that did medium to hard, and it didn't work out too well for them either. Um so yeah, he ended up dropping back to ninth, and he looked like he was gonna be um sorry, P8. He was holding off Gasly for points, but then yeah, like forty seven, the car just seemed to switch itself off and got stuck in gear. Have they said exactly what the issue was yet? I've not seen anything.
0: I haven't specific. noticed anything. Yeah. So. But
2: it was it was one of those very just sudden the car's just like, okay, I'm done now. This this yeah. is where my afternoon finishes.
1: Which leads us very neatly on to the safety car.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so this whole situation was bizarre to me.
2: So yeah, so we had Ricardo stop between the Lesmos, which is a ropey place to stop. Uh, between um, lap forty-seven, safety car was called the end of lap forty-eight. Initially, the safety car picked up Russell, who was obviously in third place. The flatbed finally arrived on the scene, having after it had to drive across the track to get to Ricardo's car on lap fifty-one, and then lap fifty-three was the final lap, and it was all over. Um, so I thought hilariously both Mattia um, Bonotto and Christian Horner said they thought there was enough time to restart the race which is funny when the guy who's won I mean they were probably going to win anyway but the fact they won the race was like
1: actually yeah we probably could have had a few more racing laps there sort of says a lot yeah. um, so okay I watched the IndyCar highlights for Laguna Seca um, and a very very similar thing happened um, they had a full they had a car stop on track in a in an uncomfortable place, but they instead of running the full they don't really do a safety car, do they, those guys? They do well they do, do full course yellow. Full, don't full they? course yeah. yellow, yes, which is basically a virtual safety car. They they just yeah. live with the virtual safety car. Um they waited to call it until everyone had pitted. So or who everyone was mm-hmm. gonna pit pitted. So it would be fair. Um which kinda which makes a lot of sense. I don't know how that quite how they know who's gonna pit and who is not going to pit but you know, they see they give it enough time to give everyone a chance to get round a lap and then call it because the car wasn't in such a position that it was going to cause a red flag. And the only reason that you're going to have to put full course yellow is to allow the marshals on track to deal with the car. Um, so that there's some lessons learned to be learned, I think, there from IndyCar. I think also, how on earth do the stewards not have a map of the track? That that you... is zoned out with red flag zones, and if a car stops here, we just call a red flag. That's the simplest solution ever. Like, mm-hmm. just know before the race even begins, before the race weekend even begins, that if you have a car stop in this particular zone at any point in the race, we will call a red flag to make it easy for us to retrieve the car, and then because we'll carry on with our race weekend after that. We'll carry on with our race. Yeah, that's the problem. Like where he
2: stops on the inside of the Lesmos, there's no access for. Recovery vehicles on the inside. That's the only way to get to that car was to drive a flatbed across the track. So, I mean, in my opinion, if you're at a point where you've got to drive recovery vehicles across a live race circuit, that should be a red flag.
1: That's like, always a red flag. We've it? seen it's got to be a red too flag. many
2: incidents over the years, close calls, and really bad incidents involving. Yeah. Or the vehicles on the track, it should be a red flag.
1: Obviously, I mean, just just to point out the really obvious one, obviously you're talking about Jules Bianchi. Yeah, like uh, after I that, mean, for, to be in a world where they still allow recovery
2: vehicles on track while they're running is just it, it shouldn't be happening, in my opinion.
0: It, well, it should have been one of two things. It should have been either like a, a red flag to just deal with it, get the, the recovery vehicles on track get Ricardo's car moved and then finish whatever laps we had, even if it involved, like, a start from behind the safety car or something. It's still better than, you know, it doesn't have to be a standard At start, does it? But the, the, the other thing is, rather than trying, like, if if they really feel that red flagging it to then restart it for the sake of a lap or two that would have been left is not feasible, then just announce, we're going to finish the race under the safety car, the position of Ricardo's car is not safe and we can't safely have recovery vehicles on the track at the same time. We're just gonna finish the remaining laps behind the safety car. Like just yeah, just do it. Like have the stones to just commit to that.
1: Yeah. But the thing is like there's six laps left of the race. Like if they just made that call straight away when it made sense. Because it was yeah. clear to, again, it was another of those situations where it's very clear from anyone who's not at the racetrack and anyone who's just mm. watching. That it's going to be difficult for them to get to retrieve that car. So why not just stop them all going round track, stop them circulating, and then crack on later? Mm. Because the the, the irony is,
2: they actually followed the safety car rules to the letter. Yeah, like all the things that we were mad about after Abu Dhabi last year, they actually did properly this time. And that's I think I think that's the
0: problem though. I think that's the problem. They were they're too stricken by fear because of what happened in AD. and the reaction to it, that they didn't want to deviate in any way possible from what was written. And mm-hmm. in terms of, like, I mean, we, we discussed that a better situation for Abu Dhabi could have been once that Latifi hit that wall to red flag the red race. Red flag straight away, yeah. And mm-hmm. this is that same scenario, but it's almost like they, they were too sort of paralysed by the fear of we can't deviate away from the rules after what happened last time that we've just got to do it the way that it's written
1: the thing is, the red flag is an option for them. If there's a car in an unsafe yeah. position stopped on track, then they can red flag the race. That falls under the sort of yeah. steward's discretion, the, the race director's discretion thing. And that would have been a far more viable, <laughs> a, far, a you know, a far more acceptable um, response. So, sorry, I can't that. have a... I know, wow. I know. <laughs> when you but... say
0: he's it, under the race director's discretion, I can't believe it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, that would have been a far more expects uh, uh, can't speak that would have been a far more acceptable response in either of those <coughs> of situations exactly as a, i agree as an application of that yeah. rule whereas the, the way they did apply that rule to just supersede all of the rules was i mean that's obviously that's in the past it's been and gone and that's that um, yeah. hamilton said um, it's the only time they've ever sort of <laughs> you know, change the rules in that one, one situation yeah. and someone else won a championship because of it. Or oh, words to that, I'm paraphrasing, words to that effect.
0: Um, words to that effect, yeah.
1: it's yeah. It does kind of sort of... It obviously, it opens up a lot of wounds for a lot of the people who you, you saw on Twitter a lot of... I mean, it seems like every race, um, F1IXED, is, um, is trending on Twitter. <laughs> but it's just... You know, it, I can understand why people are upset about it, but I have no problem with the way the rules were applied. I, I'm actually pleased that they did yeah. actually apply them in, in the correct manner. It's just they had so much time. That they if they had the sense to just think fast and and red flag it straight away, give, thin- give, give give everyone what they want, which is a race. Because we do want to see racing. Yeah. Then you know, in both those situations, in Abu Dhabi, I'm repeating myself now, but in Abu Dhabi and in um, in uh, at Monza. Just this weekend, that would have been a far more exciting solution for everyone. I think it puts everyone yeah. on a level playing field. Everyone can put whatever tires on that they want, whatever they've got left, and we can have an actual an actual motor race. What? <laughs> and... Crazy.
2: Because
1: <laughs> uh, I, I think the biggest problem with
2: um, the way it played out on Sunday was that. So the rule there's nothing in the rules that says a safety car has to pick up the leader. The safety car just comes out. At the moment it's called to go out and it picks up whatever car is next and then if that if it's not the leader then the rules say that they let the cars between the safety car and the leader pass which in this case was russell on the next 10 cars then they go around and catch up and then the lapped cars go past then they Do the restart once I've caught up, yeah. Well, no, no,
1: they do the restart once they've m- caught up and they've done a lap, w-
2: one more do. lap, and then the restart, yeah. Yeah, the problem, the, the biggest problem thing is it took them three laps to let Russell and co go past the safety car, so they they toured around with Russell behind the safety car three laps. But the reason they did that was they had to get a recovery truck across the track and they had a nice gap in that formation, so they left it as was, so they could use yeah. that gap, which for me further evidence you just red flag it if you can see yeah. it's going to
1: take you multiple laps before you can even start releasing cars just
2: throw a red flag like it just makes so much more sense
1: yeah and then you say we you know we're going to start the uh we're going to start the grid like they did a i think jeddah We'll do the starting grid for... I mean, there, there's a whole other argument here now because, like, the Jeddah thing, they mixed up the grid randomly at one point. Yeah, had a negotiation. the whole oh, bar <laughs> bartering for position thing. was bizarre. Everyone seems to... Have, it's weird how everyone's forgotten about that because of what happened at Abu Dhabi, but that was just well, as corrupt and just as messed up as the rest it. That's
0: of it. Like, it was... It was like... A, there was a whole pattern of it, wasn't it? It wasn't just... yeah. Well, that's why
1: people were so upset, and that's why people yeah. still talk about that sort of stuff now because it was a, it was literally multiple races of of, of school Um <laughs> The um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like the, the the picking up Russell thing, I didn't re- I didn't really understand why it picked up Russell, but I didn't see the whole race. I only saw like the thirty minute version, so and they kind of glossed over that whole it's... thing, understandably, because they don't want you to remember. Yeah. Un-
0: unless you went back and watched the. Um... Let's went back and watch the onboards. It's probably not going to be obvious because, like, during the time, it was clear that the cars were behind the safety car, but they ended up in a bit of a jumbled order because of it. And it, it was very clear that they were going to need to sort that out at some point, but they were delaying sorting that out because the priority was essentially get everyone in a in a bunched-up chain behind the safety car to try and allow the time for the courier vehicle, that yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, whole yeah. principle so, that we yeah. were so, trying to get so, to. So,
1: so yeah. Anyway, I, I sort of went a bit off my point there. So, like back to like the, the the race restart. So, if you can get everyone just on the grid based on the lap before the the safety car was called, I think is the correct way of doing it. If I remember, I right. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the whatever the running order is, the lap before the safety car is called. That is what they start the grid from. I think. It's, it's a last to tell based in, on some a circumstances.
0: <laughs> It's the last running lap. Um, yeah. I I, be, I believe that because the fact that you you would have called a safety car, it shouldn't matter if it's the last racing lap or the last lap completed. Yeah. Generally, it's, because it's obviously detailed, at the point the safety car comes out, it's yeah. it, it, everyone's in the right order anyway. They stay in yeah, the same yeah, yeah, order exactly. as soon as so the safety it, car is called. So
1: it's details. Like the, 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 the important thing is that everyone can line up on the grid or well the line up that actually line up in the uh, pit lane put on what it, you know make any fixes to the cars while the red flag is called because it, it i mean it warranted a red flag because it took them a long time to deal with that car and even after the race he's still like hovering up in the air above where people yeah, are yeah like out, which is which again we'll, we'll we'll probably get to that in a minute but just to stay on the point of restarts everyone can put whatever tires they want everyone can fix their cars they go out one, one sort of semi-parade lap and then you're on the grid and you're racing again and, and no one complains. We get we get five laps of actual racing towards yeah. the, at the end of the thing. They're probably really, really good laps and everyone's got to have a real good fight on there and it probably jumbles up the order somewhat and it, it makes what was actually in the end a pretty, what seemed to me like a pretty boring race into a race that you have to watch to the end because it's it's, it's it, it all builds up to that exciting crescendo. Mm. And... Yeah, it's just a shame they they really missed the trick there. Yeah, and like so, like Lewis Hamilton and a few other drivers
2: after the race said, like they need to look at, you know, adding laps on or some better solution. And like to be fair, not that many races finish under the safety car. It's not a, it's true, super common thing. But like there are other series that have things around this to like make sure you run under green flag. Like we've talked at length before about like Formula E this last season have like yeah. the overtime thing which is it's different because they've run to timed races but they like add minutes on for safety car time um the NASCAR system is quite interesting so in NASCAR if if a race finishes under yellow they stack everyone up behind the safety car and do a rolling restart for an additional two laps of racing but if another full course yellow is called, during the first lap they stack them back up and go for another two laps and they don't actually finish the race until they get a full final two clean laps of racing or, or, or
0: everyone runs that's, out of fuel
1: yeah it must be so touch and go on fuel.
2: so I, I think when they if they uh, get behind the safety car they do give them an opportunity to come in for new tires and fuel if they need to um, but it's quite a it's quite a cool system. Um, yeah, the amount
1: of safety cars you get in Indica in uh, NASCAR you've got to yeah. have something yeah, like that exactly. in place for them. Mm. Um, I don't think it needs to be that complicated though for Formula One. I think in fact I think it would be bad to complicate it any further because they're always struggling yeah. to apply the rules that they've got. So it's probably better to just have like I like I said earlier, have the have the map and you say at the start of the race, everyone knows if a car stops here, it's a red flag. I suppose then you get maybe you don't show the teams. But I was about I was about to say yeah. you've, got, you've got to be
0: careful with that. But I I I think that if I mean I don't know how clear it's made to the drivers in the briefings, so it might already be being done. But I sometimes feel like if dri- drivers go for what they think is a good spot for the car to be recovered from majority of the time Mm -hmm. but how often do you see it where they go for what they think is an opening in the fence and it ends up being (sighs) an obstruction and causing a safety car because it can't actually be recovered as easy as in the moment they think it can be yeah surely surely it would be worth like if they're not already doing it sitting with the drivers in the briefing at the start of the weekend and basically saying like you know following turns. Um, like I mean, it's not always possible. The car goes, the mm. car goes. But like, just being able to at least attempt to get to certain places, like, or have like no-go things of you know, un- unless it's absolutely critical to do so, don't be stopping the car on the inside yeah. of the Lesmos, think, for example.
1: I think probably, I think they do <clears throat> do that. I think they probably do that. I think just in this situation, they probably do. Think, but yeah, I think it just think, doesn't
0: seem obvious that they do. No, yeah. And, well,
1: I mean, we're not. They'd probably be it. Probably be more interesting for the fans if actually they did broadcast the driver briefings instead of those boring press conferences that they do every week. But yeah, I would because then at least like we yeah. all would have all a better understanding of like what is going through race control's mind. Why are they making the decisions that they're making? Why do the drivers feel the way they do about certain things? You know, it'd be, it's far more interesting content than just inane questions from journalists every every week. Um, but that's by the by. I think Ricardo stopping where he did. There's like so like there's two ways of looking at it, I suppose there's the silly way which I can set which I'll go through first <laughs> which is Ricardo knew that if he parked there then Norris might have a chance of making inroads because he's catching <laughs> some of the cars ahead of him and then you know it was an awkward thing I don't believe for one second that that was the case I, because and primarily because they couldn't move the car because the car was in gear so yeah he, it, it was yeah. a complete failure the car stopped in gear he had you know he couldn't he lost everything. And that's why he had to stop it where he did, and that's why it was so difficult for them to remove it because they couldn't just roll it, you know, into a position where it would be easier for them to to get the car. They had to leave it in position because they literally had to lift it in the air to shift it. Yeah, um, which tells you that he was in a situation where that car was going to stop imminently, and he needed to get it off the road, out of the way, to to in order to make that happen safely.
2: Yeah, I mean Ricardo for worth, said like he basically. He stopped where he could stop, like he didn't have any other choice, because, as you say, he was, yeah, he was often stuck in gears, and there's as you can do. Uh, but yeah, like, like we said, like it's, it is something that's not a super common occurrence. Mm. But when it does happen, it always seems to just it's just a deflating end, isn't it? It is. A, a at best, it's a, just a disappointing end. At worst, it. Changes the winner of championship Yeah, and plus. even
1: like even even if you do, even if you are gonna put something in place, like it could you could say like if something happens or if there's something that you know, if why not have a rule in place that says if we get to the last sort of seven or eight laps and there's an incident on track, then have a hard and fast rule that it's it's a red flag. Again, like maybe you get teams taking advantage of that, so maybe that's yeah. why they don't. But worth that <sighs> It, the times when the teams have, like, had incidents to take advantage of it, they've been rumbled. Like, there's, there was the Renault yeah. Singapore thing years and years ago, 2008, I think, um, where Alonso won the race as a result of Nelson Piquet crashing out um, intentionally. And that's well publicized. Like, that's not, you know, that's not an accusation. That was, like, they were convicted and it was a thing that they did and they yeah. got caught out for it. Um So they can tell like when it's fishy, like they can tell when someone's done something sort of to, to advantage their teammate, I guess where, where's the line, but yeah, I think maybe it's, it's a simple case of internally, you know, we've got a window here depending on the length of the track that race control themselves, just discuss among themselves and say, right in the last five, six, seven laps, if there's an incident at this point on the track, or any of these points on the track, then we red flag it straight away and it means that we get a, a, a decent ending to the race for everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. It is worth adding as well that Andreas Se- uh, Seidel said after the race that the team principals discussed all of this in the off-season last winter and basically couldn't come to an agreement on a better way of dealing with things, which is why the mm. rules stayed exactly as they were. So now, this
1: is the problem with like letting the the people who run the teams mm-hmm. define the rules. You're you're the you're the FIA define the rules of the sport and yes. just stick them. It's your sport. It's not their sport. They're 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 the competitor. If you ask them to make the rules, they're just going to come up with ways of making rules that benefit them. Yeah. They're not going to actually make rules that benefit the sport. Oh, oh of course not. It's, it's so dull, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: Right, let's hmm. move on. Uh, okay. Because we've got to make Nick DeVries. Uh, well, I guess I guess to start with, we should just say sort of get well soon to Alex Albon and hopefully we'll see him back to track soon. Yeah, um, yeah 100%. That sounds he, sketchy, all that stuff. Yeah. It? So he had to pull out the race weekend with appendicitis um, and then, yeah, he suffered a respiratory failure as a result of anesthetic complications following his surgery, which is... The guy's 26, like, it's a really scary thing. Uh, Williams have said he's, like, off a ventilator now, no more complications. He was due to fly back to the UK today, so hopefully that did
1: happen. Um, It sounds like he's pretty much fine now. Um, A bit too much spice from the anaesthetist, by the sounds of that one, maybe. Yes, really (laughs) scary. scary. Really scary.
2: Um. But yeah, so in his place, uh Nick DeFries got a very late call Apparently he was like sat outside the Mercedes Motorhome enjoying a coffee, and Williams was sort of uh Nick, we need yeah. you sort of thing. <laughs> what size <laughs> boots do you wear? Um it's it's weird because he'd already become I think I'm right in saying he was the first driver since Johnny Herbert in ninety four. To drive for three different teams in the same season. Because he's obviously done FP one sessions for what is it, Williams Mercedes and Aston Martin now. Yeah. Um and now he's the only driver in F one history to drive for two different teams on the same race weekend, which is wild. Wow. Um yeah, so he got chucked in for FP FP three, did I think was his first session, wasn't it? Uh well, first session with Williams. Um and then yeah, qualifying. Made it to Q2, qualified 13th, became 8th on the grid after all the penalties were applied. Managed to hold his position on the opening lap. uh, And then he basically had Guerniccio breathing down his neck for the entire race distance, uh, but held him off um, for only Williams' fourth points finish of the season uh, in ninth place. He did get summoned to the stewards after the race, which was a little sketchy for um, driving unnecessarily slowly under the safety car. Uh, he basically said he just got a bit confused around the lap delta because he was in a car he'd never really driven before. And it, 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 to be fair to the stewards, they actually said they took into account the fact that he was in a unfamiliar vehicle and <laughs> sort of <laughs> let him off with a reprimand, which I think That's- is actually... I mean, doesn't Pretty that add
1: so much to to his weekend? It was it, it makes you it hit, makes it hit home that it was in an unfamiliar vehicle and he still yeah. had to from home in, um, where was it ninth? He finished, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like someone posted, I think it might be Marcus Ericsson actually said
2: like oh, the most impressive thing almost is the fact that he got in an Aston Martin, which had obviously been training to drive for a practice session, and then had to suddenly be in a completely different car and do a race like different steering wheel, buttons are all in a different place, let alone the fact that they had to move the pedals like 20 centimetres so he could even reach them.
1: Yeah, I was going like, to say, it's quite a lot shorter than um, quite a lot, happened, isn't it? Albon's yeah, Albon's tall. one of the, he's Al- one of the Al- tallest Albon drivers, and, I think, Albon.
0: Yeah, Albon and Russell are like two of the tallest drivers and then De Vries is like Yuki Tsunoda. Well, maybe not quite as <laughs> sure as Yuki Tsunoda, but it, it, he's down the bottom end it's of the scale small. for sure. Yeah. Like um, it's crazy seeing him next to each other. I mean, He's
1: the shortest guy on the track with the biggest <laughs> neck. <laughs> His yeah. Neck is like a tree trunk. That it, guy,
0: it's it's like the exact opposite problem Russell had when he was stood in for Hamilton in the yeah. Mercedes. Yeah, it really Russell is. was like poking out at the top of it, and Nick DeFries was like disappearing inside the wheel. Hopefully, the had the
1: right size shoes for it at least. <laughs> oh yeah was it Paul rest that did a race in like shoes a size
2: too small or something yeah, it was, like, yeah some something like that by a... the end of... oh that must have hurt so much um, yeah. but yeah I mean what an audition for Nick DeVries yeah. like what a drive
0: I was going to say do you know the highlight of it all What? <laughs> well, it depends on who you are but I think I know what you're going to say <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> TV is now 21st in the driver's standings because of this
1: yeah, yeah, that, that must suck for Nicholas Latifi. Huh. Yeah. But
0: yeah, Nick, Nick S- De Vries is then on two points <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, so he's 20th of 20 drivers, technically.
1: Literally
2: yeah. beat Latifi in every session as well, scored points.
0: He just wiped the floor with him, didn't he? Yeah. Considering the
2: situation. He's uh, bloody good, that's why. Yeah, I've I I mean, spent this, that, whole, anyway. this whole... This whole drive arc thing, I've been saying, ultimately, I don't think De Vries is going to get a seat. But now, uh,
1: yeah. So it apparent... does make you think with Williams, like how you know how much better could they be doing if they had to really? It's probably making them realise actually, we could be getting a lot more points here if we had better drivers. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. the car maybe isn't as bad as they think it is.
0: Yeah, it I mean, very like, evident.
1: They've had
2: Albon's had three points finishes before this. If De Vries has turned and finished the points as well. You know, could you extrapolate that so they could have had six or seven or eight points in each And then at, at mm-hmm. what point
1: does that negate the money that um that Latifi, Latifi brings, been? yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you're moving up the world championship order because of that, then suddenly you don't really need Latifi anymore because you're getting your extra budget from from finishing better at the end of the yeah. year. So. Yeah. I think Williams have got to be very seriously looking at him now. And it, he's apparently
2: due to have a test with Alpine quite soon as well, so he may suddenly find himself a man in demand for next season.
1: Yeah, interesting.
2: Uh, yeah, super impressive though. Um, which actually brings us quite nicely onto um awards. I think this is going to be the easiest yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who start the driver with, of the day? Yeah, yeah. We start with
0: driver of the day?
1: It's Nick De isn't it? Yeah, I can't look anywhere else.
0: Yeah. I mean, considering the situation was he was in, like it'd be I think it would be a good drive if it was, like, even, say, Albon, who knew the car, like, to, yeah. to have put it in the position he, he had it in and then maintain a points-finishing position, uh, I think that in itself would have been good enough to, like, give, like, say, Albon the honourable mention, or maybe yeah. give the actual drive the day to sign to someone for the drive through the field. But yeah. to do it when you've not been in that car properly before other than like a, an hour or so the day before, is insane.
2: Like, yeah. if, if he had turned up with this level of preparation and finished the race, a maybe like a position ahead or a position behind his teammate, we'd have been saying, yeah, like, good job. Under the circumstances, really good job. To turn up and score points in a car that's only scored points three times, fantastic. Really, really, really impressive. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it starts to validate Stu's question of... Can Formula E become a legitimate feeder, feeder series? Yeah, that's just that in that a very in this scenario. Question. Yes, it can.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah. honorable mention to Hamilton and, and to science as well. For, yeah, both uh, of them for the drives through. Yeah, science from Definitely. 18th to what was it, uh, fourth, and Hamilton from 19th to fifth. Um, yeah good drives in yep. both of those two and a lot of it on track as well a lot, not much mm. strategy yeah. involved it was mostly on track overtakes Uh next move of the day
0: I mean there was a couple that I had one was Hamilton managed a double overtake on Norris and Gansley at the same time Um I'm trying to think where it was off the top it of my was, head now uh, Is it round uh, turn three I think I think he caught them both no, it was, napping it was, and fighting.
1: Yeah, it was turn, well, it was kind of like... Curva Grande, wasn't it? It was yeah, yeah it was the exit of turn two up to turn, up through Curva uh, Grande, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it basically caught them fighting each other through turn one and two through the chicane and just, like, went around the outside of them. And there, there was a little bit of a smudge on it, which was he was on pretty fresh, soft tyres compared to them being on mediums and hard. So he was definitely in an advantage. Yeah.
1: And Norris had situation. just come out as well. So yeah, which is why they were squabbling. Yeah, Norris kind of got, he managed, it was quite a clever move because he managed to box Norris in behind the car ahead, yeah. behind the, uh, the Alpha Tower, I think Gasly. And um, yeah, just sort of sailed on ahead. And that actually did make a difference to Hamilton's race. It was a very important move to make because he, if he'd got stuck behind Norris, then that would have um, that would have slowed him down quite well. Yeah. So it slowed him down, but it made it, it would have, it was a factor in his race. Maybe Norris could have had a better finish if he, if that had not happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely made a difference.
0: Uh, I um, mean, one of the other ones I had was Schumacher with Latifi. Yeah. It was I a very late, well. like, wheels locked oh, up yeah. move into turn one. And it kept he, going. He kept going, yeah. And he had to sort of. Fight with him around Curva Grande and then deal with him into the next chicane as well. So, but he ultimately got it done. Like it was yeah. a nice little battle, that nice bit of wheel to wheel combat.
1: Yeah, very good. It went on and on and on, and yeah, yeah he eventually got it done through the second chicane. And he just sort of sent it into the yeah. second yeah. chicane, and and Schumacher got it done, and then carried on through Lesmo. So yeah, very. Uh,
2: I was strong. I was going to say signs getting past Ricardo into
1: Ascari, but actually now I remember that Schumacher. One, I think I'm tempted to give it that. It was just nice. balls to the wall. It was the yeah. elbows out. Yeah, it was. The I'm having this place. Let's go, let's go, kind of. Because he and clearly it had... Like, it. My, like, maybe Latifi, for for, for Schumacher have been able to go down the inside that like that on the exit of a chicane, probably Latifi's made a bit of a mistake. It was difficult to tell from the angle we got it of, But um, still great action. Really good. Yeah, because Mick
2: clearly had to get out the brakes to, like... Because he had had a lockup, but he sort of still managed to get out of it enough to still make the corner and stay under control. Yeah, it was like yeah. drifting. Yeah. A lot of like yeah. there was
1: a lot of movement in both cars. There was a lot yeah. of car it movement, which is testament to the cars they're in. <laughs> and like, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just let's not get carried away because this is like quite a long way down the grid. They're not in the best cars, <laughs> but still, it was exciting to see.
0: Yeah, should we do our last award for the week?
1: Yep. Honestly, what the
2: f- are we doing here? I mean I've I've got a serious one to do. Go on. Go on just just, let's let's start with the serious one. Um from what has been said online it's basically everything about the race organisation. So like I've seen multiple reports of this all over the place like just to mention a few things um shuttle buses to the track just completely insufficient so people just stuck waiting At the station, trying to get on a bus. Once you got to the circuit, there were hour long queues to get in because they'll have like not enough people scanning tickets and people were missing sessions. Um, Drinks and like phone batteries and stuff being confiscated. Um, What? Then they had a drinks token system. So you had to queue for an hour to buy a drinks token, then queue for another hour to buy food and drinks. So like people were missing track time because of that. Um, more reports of people like getting abuse hurled at them and stuff in the grandstands and security just doing nothing about it. Um,
1: well, there not uh, even being any security there to do. Well, yeah, with. or I just I did being absent. That. I did see some people. Not being very happy with um, Verstappen fans, I think they were. It, it was some Ferrari. No, it was fans, it I mean, was Ferrari Africa. fans towards. Yeah, that's oh, sorry, what I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I thought you meant it was Verstappen fans causing no, no, some, the issue, but it was some... the other way around. Yeah, some some fans not being very happy with the fact that there were Verstappen fans there. Terms, yeah, like to take merch off and stuff like. It's like yeah, on, mate.
2: And then Weird. more reports of women being harassed as well. Just oh really? Like, oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, not again. Just oh. all around. It's It sucks because Mons is always a race I've really wanted to go to. And then after reading stuff this weekend, I'm just like, oh, do I really want to spend all that money to go and yeah, stand of in queues for a <laughs> while and just see people behaving horribly? So, Jeez, breezy. And, and I'm sure there'll be a statement from F1 that's like, we don't like seeing this, these events, and we will talk to the organizers. And then next race, yeah, so yeah poor do better
1: yeah just do better formula one um what else we got the safety car thing was kind of silly just be more organized get you know be know your rules and know when to apply what rule and and your options kind of thing within the actual rule set that you've got yeah it's basics you know yeah Sorry,
0: all I could see in my head then was Dwayne Johnson as The Rock going, Know your rules instead of No your rule.
1: <laughs> and that's,
0: that was all I could see in I my head. What was was just, wrong like, with you then. just like Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> but, was going, Know your rules. You the Rock says, The Rock says.
1: I could see you laughing. I'm like, What have I said? <laughs> I wasn't even trying to make you laugh, and I'm making you laugh this week. Um, a suggestion for the Discord chat as well,
2: which actually might be the one for me, is the fact that they. Basically left Ricardo's car just hanging in a tree and just for everyone to go and have a look. I
1: do like that one. That's my favorite one, I think. It's one of the weird images from Formula One, just a car hanging in a tree. Yeah. There's a serious side to that, which is because there were people literally walking underneath it. Underneath it. Yeah. 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 And that's not safe, is it? No. (laughs) Obviously, that's not safe. So... Yeah, be, be better in that regard, but yeah, a car basically in a tree. I saw it on Twitter and I was like, what? Is that like a sculpture thing they've done for the weekend or <laughs> something like that? Like, and then I no. saw the actual race and realized, oh, it's actually just dangling off a crane. Above That's a bunch an actual of
2: Formula One car in a tree.
1: Bizarre.
2: I can go with that.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with that one. Cool. Right, I will move us from that onto to uh, predictions. In association with our pod sponsor Grid Rival, which we'll also get into in just a minute. Um Chris, one of your better weeks. Double points for you. Speaking oh, of Verstappen win. I know. <laughs> Verstappen win and 16 finishes. Stu and I just a single point apiece. I got the clear fastest qualifier. Stu got Verstappen for the win. Um Vettel kind of scuppered everyone, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Although having said that. We had a few people on three points this week. That was the highest score overall. So, you know, your your two points is not looking that bad at all, really, Chris. When you think about it, Um, but yeah, of of the people that um, got three points, three of those were people who managed to actually go with Seb for first DNF and then money mouthed and had him in twentieth position as well. Mm. Um, So, well done to to you people. And then the others were like combinations of different things. So like 16 finishes and then correct qualifier and winner and all that kind of jazz. Um, overall, that takes us to a position where Jana Berger sits at the top of the standings with 27 points. Uh, John Murphy is in second with 26 and a half. So very close there. And then uh, there's a group of people on 25 points behind them. Jim Bob Blair, Tom Thorne and Grace Mall. All on 25 points, so it's still very, 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 very close at the top, unlike the real championship. So, hmm. lots to be played for there. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to grid rival. Um, I don't know how you two did because I can never check your individual results, so I don't, you'll have I can to tell, tell you how I you. did. <laughs> <laughs> Is the answer poorly? <laughs> yes. That's usually the case. I mean, I'm still climbing, I got, I mean, don't know how many points I got actually, but um. What I do know is that I'm climbing positions, so that's all that matters to me. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the Italian Grand Prix this weekend, um, long-standing front runners Team odors and Green Lantern Corps were the top two this week, uh, both with over a thousand points, and they were closely followed by GLS F16, also with over a thousand points. Um, biggest mover was um, I can't read the full name because it's cut it off. It's has has to the something I don't know what your team name is so I'm really sorry because <laughs> it's cut the rest of it off but <laughs> whatever whoever that may be you've gained 35 places so well done Wowza. to you um, Ben's had a, a massive budget improvement of 9.8 million thanks to their choice of drivers um, and I think that's Probably the best summary for this week I can give in terms of the talent GP specifically. Um, with cool. Team Orders and Green Lantern Core being two top scorers as well, it keeps them in, in the fight in the top three. Uh, Team Oders is now in third, jumping ID Depraz, Praz. Uh, Mr. X and Green Lantern Core are second and first respectively. So things are starting to move around at the top there as well. So remember to head to backofthegrid.com where you can join the Predictions League um, for next time out in Singapore, you can find the links to Grid Rival to join us on that. And uh, there's also links to the official F1 Fantasy League on there, which I can no longer log into for some reason. <laughs> F1 don't like Great. me anymore. So <laughs> I don't think I'll be winning that this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about F1 Fantasy League. Just go to Grid Rival. They're our sponsors. Yeah. They're the one that matter.
0: Right. I mean, I prefer it anyway, so that that works for us. There you go. <laughs> right. Should we do some inbox, gents?
2: Uh, I'm going to do... a smattering of news first, actually. If that's, that's fine. Right. Let's do that.
0: Let's um, do that quick, first.
1: Quick smattering. Just a quick there is, smattering.
2: Well, there is quite a lot of news going on, but I think we're going to save most of it for next week because it's like an in-between week, so we can dig into some stuff a bit more. But a few just things to mention. It's been a, a weekend of new champions. So we had Felipe Drogovic uh, wrapped up the Formula 2 title. that He's basically had one hand on for some time now. Um, and then a couple of days later, we got the announcement that he is going to be the first member of the new... Aston Martin driver development program and he becomes their reserve driver which um, is a really good get for Aston Martin actually it's been crazy it's taken this long for any teams to snap him up because he's been really good in F2 this year so yeah, Yeah. great news for him Um, he's going to be doing FP1 in Abu Dhabi for Aston Martin and then he's going to do the postseason young driver test as well then we had in Formula 3 we had a six way title decider in the final race which was won by, well, the title was won by Victor Martin. Uh, It was a really bizarre end to the season. The race got red flagged with about three or four laps to go. Then there was the notification that Martin had got a time penalty for, I think, track limits. (laughs) Then they decided they weren't restarting the race. So you just sort of had everybody stood around looking at the timing screens Waiting for them to update to see if the time penalty had dropped him too low to be champion or not. So it was a bit of a weird end to the season, but congrats to him all the same. Was
0: it? I'm trying to think. Was it pre quali
2: that race, or was it pre? It'll have been pre grand prix, won't it? Yeah, it was their second race, the very last one of their yeah. season. So it was Sunday morning. Yeah, uh,
0: no, I was just thinking it would have been funny if like everyone's trying to work out where they've finished the F3 race whilst also everyone is trying to work out where they are on the grid for the F1 and just, like, <laughs> simultaneous. I mean, it, it's sad in a way because the, essentially the reason that they've not restarted it is because they don't want it to cause a delay to what goes on with F1. Yeah, um, exactly. F1 sessions always... Obviously, it's kind of understandable. It's massively televised and runs to a very sort of tight start time and schedule yeah. and everything, but it's just a shame that that's the reason they've not been able to finish that race. But... Yeah, I mean, it's been an entertaining season for F3, I think, and the fact that they've ended up with a six-way fight going into the final race probably just shows like how close it's actually been and how it back really and forth has, it's yeah. been. And I if imagine. people haven't watched any of it this season, if you were going to go and like catch highlights or anything to sort of find out, how it's ended up that way, I would definitely suggest it for this year in F3. It's been one of the one of the better years of F3, really.
2: Definitely. And I imagine a, a good percentage of those six um, championship contenders will be in F2 next year as well. Yeah. Um, and then finally, IndyCar had its own five-way title decider, although not quite as close as F3 was, uh, which went the way of Will Power, who won his second title eight years after his first title.
1: Oh, Which that's nice. heck hey, of a gap. gap. Yeah, that's he's fourth, like
2: gap. 41, I think he is now. Wow, the um, yeah. second title. So, yeah, congrats to all of those guys. But now we can do right. Inbox, Tom. Okay, I'll okay. I'll, this time.
0: I'll press the button this time. Uh,
2: keep me saying now. Stay, stay out. Box, box, box. Hey, man.
1: Shall I take the first one? Go for it. Um, Cody B says, um, do you think the standard for red flags needs to be extended to any time vehicle recovery trucks have to be on track? To me, this is safer than the current rule and is more exciting. It also eliminates the controversy of Abu Dhabi 2021. Yeah, I think he's probably right. I think it does need to be extended yeah. to that. I don't see why not.
2: No, it's and it's I safer. think if
1: it's... Yeah, completely. And like you were saying earlier, like they're, they
2: technically have the option to, but if they just made it that... That will be the approach we take more often for safety and for, you know, the interest of getting more racing laps. Yeah, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with this, and obviously what we were discussing before. I think that the moment they need a recovery vehicle and the the marshals are basically saying we can't push this, it needs to be considered more of a. Uh, red flag scenario to get recovery vehicles on the track than it does a safety car because yeah. there's only so much bunching up and keeping people out of the way that a safety car can do, isn't there? So
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Uh, next one, uh, Jeff says now that DeFries is higher in the standings than Latifi, regardless of whether DeFries is in an F1 seat or not, is this Latifi's last season? So, i.e., should he be replaced even if it's not with DeFries? And uh, Sarah, on a similar note, says, "Will Latifi be in the car for the rest of the season? Considering that he was well and truly outdone by Nick,
1: I, I think you'd be mad to get. I think it, the the championship positions you'd make up would be negated by the money you'd have to pay out to get him out of that seat over the yeah. season. So no, I think financially yeah. it wouldn't make sense for them to do it. Um, yeah, I, and, I
0: I think next season because I don't think season, I still don't think he's had his contract." Confirmed, has no, he? No there's time. only Alban there that's officially there next season and onwards. So, yeah. I'd seriously be looking at this point now. Um, he
2: like he's become a bit of a meme almost, but like he has over the last few years had like moments, flashes here and there. But this season he's been just consistently slow, and I yeah, yeah, his time's definitely up.
0: Yeah, sadly, I think so.
1: Yeah, nothing more to add to that. Next,
2: from Kilowog. With the Piastri drama, De Obvious Talent, and now Drugovic in the wings, we have a growing sample size that says winning F2 is a hindrance to getting on the grid. What's the right fix to ensure the series title remains relevant for anything more than super license points?
1: I think allowing the champion to stay would probably help somewhat. (sighs) That all feels a bit outdated now, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think with the the level that we're at and the length of time drivers are staying within Formula One, like mostly for legitimate reasons of just being talented enough to be there, um, I think, yeah, there there needs to be some reconsideration of that. To I be think honest, also
1: more seats in F one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see other two help, teams yeah. on the grid. I think.
0: I mean, when when we had twenty two and 24-car grids. I mean, was it... I'm trying to remember when, when we had Caterham, Virgin, HRT. and HRT. Was it a 26-car grid 26, altogether? 26, with, yeah. with, with 26 all, when yeah. I can't remember what guys they were all in at the time because they all changed names that many times between them. <laughs> but yeah, when, when those three teams first came in, we were on a 26-car grid and it kind of felt a little bit like... a little bit sparse. Uh, because the talent wasn't quite coming up from Formula 2 as thick and fast as it does now. And now you kind of need that. It's weird, isn't it? Like, we're in the opposite situation now.
1: There's more drivers and less seats at the moment. It'd be nice to see sort of teams like, say, I don't know, you've got the sort of Red Bull and um, AlphaTauri situation where you've effectively got B team sort of on, on the grid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it'd be maybe beneficial for the other teams it seems like it's it's almost seems a little bit we've discussed this in the past it seems a little bit strange that like one team can have four effectively four four cars on the grid yeah and everyone else has got two on the grid Mm. so it's not, not necessarily the best option but maybe the most realistic would be to allow Ferrari and and um uh, Mercedes and maybe maybe even McLaren to have like an additional team on the grid to make it up to that 26 or maybe you know uh, we've got Porsche coming through hopefully Porsche will actually make their own team now the Red Bull Porsche thing's falling through which we'll get to next week I guess um, Audi are joining hopefully they will have an actual team so that's two straight away so that's, but there's potentially more seats coming mm-hmm. but that extra team, you would like to see the full quota of of twenty six cars being on the grid, and that requires an extra team on top of the two. And you know, you've got the interest from Andretti, and you've got a lot of fear among the F one teams um, about them joining. But that yeah. does solve you. That does get us up to twenty six cars, and that does make six new seats for to be filled. And that you know maybe that is how f to become sort of more relevant again, I guess, because at the minute, yeah, yeah. The people are just not getting drives. It is um, weird,
2: like you mentioned Andretti, like you've got at the moment
1: all these teams with too
2: many drivers clamoring to find a seat for them. And it's like, oh, well, Andretti want to come start a new team. And they're all like, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. Yeah. Believe, but there'll be two more seats for you to put your drivers in. Oh, no, no, no <laughs> not not them. And again, Definitely the not problem
1: that. is they give the teams too much say. The the, the teams have got far too much
0: sway in the I mean, yeah, like, it it shouldn't be on the teams to veto if a new team joins or not. No. It it should be up on FIA and Formula 1 between the two of them to assess, you know, is this this group, organisation, whatever it is, viable to to be able to support a team for, you know, a season or whatever the entry is and, Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. It shouldn't be up on the... Members of the the sport, I guess, to to basically decide who their competition is. Exactly. I mean, can can you imagine if like a manager in the Premier League got to veto another team's starting <laughs> eleven?
1: Yeah, if, so like it, it's, it's like, oh no, you can't thing. you
0: can't sign that player because we don't like we don't like the fact that you'd get in yeah. no way. Well, like ridiculous. United,
1: imagine Manchester United turn around and say, oh, Nottingham Forest have been promoted this season. No, 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 they can't come into the Premier League. No, yeah, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, this is absolutely outrageous. Uh, so, and like yeah, yes,
2: I there's stupid. the financial aspect of the prize money and stuff, but again, it's F1 as an organization's job to find a solution to that, not just sort of like Yeah, oh, not just
1: pander to the teams and do whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I totally like it <laughs> no, steamrolled it's, uh, yeah. you then. No, you're I mean you're right. You're just right. Mm. Do you <laughs> want to, to the next one? Uh next what is it me? Yeah, next it's, one. yeah. Um, Jam Scones says, can the gap to Red Bull be made up over winter by Ferrari and Mercedes or would you expect Red Bull to be as dominant at the start of next season or is it too early to tell? Ooh, good question. You're giving us an easy one out by saying, is it too easy to tell? But
2: Yeah, I'm trying not to take the easy option.
1: Uh, it, it sort of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like The first
2: year of a new set of regulations is often swayed more in one or two teams' favour. And I I do think... Odds are Red Bull and Ferrari and probably Mercedes are going to be the ones at the point end next year. But I do think it, things will close up a bit. I don't think we'll see necessarily the dominance we've had from Red Bull this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think based on what I've seen so far this season, I would say, if anything, Ferrari might drop further back. Yeah. Um, and I think mercedes have been steadily really they've figured out their car they've figured out sort of how to fix sort of some of their issues obviously a lot of those issues will be intrinsically linked to the design of the the chassis and the way the car works so without making a whole new car then they're going to be stuck with what they got for the next sort of how many races left the season but i would expect them to have learned from their mistakes Mm -hmm. or the way they've approached the development of this car, you would expect them to have a really, really, really good knowledge base now about why, where it's failed, yeah. where they're slower, why they're slower, why they don't have the same sort of straight line speed as certain other teams, things like that. So uh, you would hope that Mercedes would come back into it. And, you, and to be honest, you'd hope that Ferrari are able to... You know, that's a beautiful car, isn't it, the Ferrari? You'd hope it would be a lot quicker. <laughs> and they did start the season with the quickest car, so there's no reason why Ferrari can't start the season with the quickest uh, car next year.
0: Yeah, I think the the thing that's hindered Ferrari, it would seem to me, is Ferrari, like you say, start the season with the quickest car, but have been out developed by both Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah. With how, how much closer Mercedes are to Ferrari now and how much the Red Bull in Max's hands is just, like, walking all over them, then Ferrari appear to have, like, almost stagnated the season and not really gone anywhere. They've not got any worse, but they've not got any better. And that's what's ultimately costing them to to a degree on, on track at the minute because Mercedes have improved, shown the the. knowing that we all had of like if any team can get out of the situation they were in it was going to be Mercedes and have uh, I would say achieved that like they they were never going to get to the point where they could fight Max for the title but they were always going to be getting back on the podium regularly and you know sniffing at wins towards the end of the season which they they get into that point and I think that's the problem with Ferrari it it feels like they've just stagnated in the same sort of position that they were in at the start of the season and and not going anywhere where the other other two teams have yeah. I so, yeah. Um, let's see. we've got. I oh, we got another one from Jeff. Um, two from Jeff this week. Uh, who do you think is to blame for the Porsche Red Bull talks breaking down? Does it really matter? And do you think it may help Audi at all? Oh, sorry. They may help Audi at all. I think that maybe means Red. Will Red Bull help Audi? Maybe.
1: Or maybe Porsche. Or like, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Chris and I were talking about this over the weekend, and I think. It's just, I think both parties are just way too big to work together. I think you can't get Red Bull to change what they want to do, which just sounded like what Porsche wanted. Porsche wanted a lot more influence over the actual race team. And yeah. Red Bull were never going to, I mean, why should Red Bull give that? They've got a yeah. very successful race team that are doing an yeah. amazing job this season, did an amazing job last year, and have done historically an amazing job. So that that bit ain't broke. You don't need to fix that bit. Mm-hmm um so to come in and come in and have porsche sort of like sort of mess with it would i think be a a detriment to them i don't think they'd benefit from that and then on the same merit for red bull to try and change the 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 course of a huge car company like porsche again it's just something that's not going to happen they're not a flexible companies like that are just not they don't have the same flexibility that a company like Red Bull Racing has. Because let's, yeah. let's not forget yeah. like Red Bull Racing is a different company from Red Bull, the drinks company. Um, yeah. They're a much smaller outfit than what Porsche as a car manufacturer are. And what Porsche, you know, Porsche are basically in, on a similar vein to Mercedes in terms of making race teams and race cars. So it'd be very, very, I can't, I, they're just both too big to work together. That's the problem yeah. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I would like the, to have seen it happen, but it, yeah. Porsche, Porsche, from what I've seen uh, reported, want more control than a team like Red Bull's ever going to give up. Like you exactly. said, like candidates for that kind of team are going to be uh, your Saubers and like kind of yeah, buying out the Alfa Romeo portion with like what and Audi, Audi looked won, at. Yeah. Audi wants Sauber. and Exactly. And then like maybe a Haas or something like that Haas would probably be another candidate because mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to let a, a manufacturer kind of take over more proportion of that team because in in the long term it will quite possibly help them being that involved mm-hmm. with a manufacturer um i mean the closest thing i could think of if they were in these talks with Red Bull would be to be like maybe a Porsche powered Red Bull car that remained Red Bull's control but then like Giving them more control over, like, say the Alpha Tower team, and like yielding more of that to to sort of keep Porsche happy and make that like a a Porsche a Porsche branded mm, car, yeah. but, I, but but then I, got, again, but I can't seem a doing it because
1: yeah, that's not good for the brand. You've got you've got yeah. you've got a Porsche pootling round like towards the back of the grid a lot of the time, then, and that's you know no one's gonna go, everyone's gonna see that and think, oh, I'm not buying a Porsche, it's slow. Yeah, so, Tower aren't even be allowed to beat Red Bull,
2: so. Yeah. I mean, and,
0: like, I know, I know that I know you say that, but I watch those Green Aston Martins like BNF <laughs> together every single week, and I still want an Aston Martin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you know, though, you know, you know, there's not actually really a a real tangible yeah, connection between the no, team and like what what um, Aston Martin are doing with their cars. And you know, Aston Martin make beautiful cars. Yeah, um, but. <clears throat> not not, not necessarily great formula one cars (laughs) um the what what really i mean let's get down to like the real deal with all this like what the expectation from i think a lot of people within f1 and the whole purpose of sort of getting audi porsche volkswagen group into formula one is to get more cars on the grid because they're Mm. they're a really viable option they've got money they've got expertise they've got the staff they know how to run race teams you, you've seen what they've done at Le Mans. The both both of these teams have done at Le Mans. So the expectation is that, or the hope certainly is that you get two new teams on the grid and keep everyone else right. Like that—that's the dream. That's the ultimate hope. Yeah. And, and then you get an extra on top of that. Then you've got, like we discussed still, you've got more cars on the grid, more seats for more bums, and you've got yeah. a, a, a more diverse field of drivers. And a much and, healthier sport. And a much healthier sport. And what, and in the end, what I f- fear that we're going to end up with is Porsche and Audi both coming in and buying up another team and we're still on, and and two uh, you know names disappearing from Formula One as a result. And it's just the same old sport then. It's just another it's 10 teams and you know you're going to have some you're going to have your back markers you're going to have your midfield and you're going to have your front runners and i don't see how it's going to take Porsche and Audi if they buy into other teams a long time to turn them turn them from midfield teams or back of the grid teams whatever they end up beating into front running teams it's not something that can happen overnight. yeah so the only way i think they can do it is by having their own formula 1 team and making the best engine or I mean,
0: partnering with a new potential competitor such as Andretti. Well, yeah. yeah
1: well, I think Andretti provide providing the teams think, let them. I think Andretti do the do the Haas method, or maybe there's a um, maybe there's a way for Andretti to work with Mercedes and and sort of help them out with their um, backroom um, of young drivers kind of thing, you know. So, which
0: engine supplier do they use in Indy? Which engine category? No idea. I can't remember.
1: It's it's uh, a Honda or a Chevrolet. I
0: <laughs> well, that, I, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, is there any association that would? Then again, it's gone to Red. It's a Red Bull powertrain now, isn't it? Like, it's it's not going to be something that they're willing to hand over. Like, I can almost guarantee you, Red Bull are one of the teams that are on that veto list of, we don't want Andretti coming into this sport. I'm almost certain of it. Them and Ferrari, yeah. almost they're certain really... of it.
1: In the in the words of Christian Horner, they're all running from a fight. They're all scared of like having having a go. They're all scared of these new teams coming in. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but you but you just don't want to see F one teams get gobbled up by big manufacturers. You want your manufacturers to come in and and make their own bloody team. You know, and, yeah. then, and then that yeah. us as an audience then get a full grid of cars, 26 cars on the grid, loads of new names in the sport, and, and much more to look at on a race weekend and much more to get excited about. So I, I, I'm more about that than I am just yeah. replacing I think
2: big brand names. I think the hope is I think me and Tom are maybe talking about this a couple of weeks ago when you weren't here, Stu, is that like Mercedes were just an engine supplier for a while before they committed to yeah, yeah. their own team. So true. Maybe that's the route that Audi and or Porsche want to go down, but um, that's a long time ago now, though. It is. It's a very different, very different sport now. God, that is a very long time and
1: ago. Also, like Porsche and Audi have both got really, really strong experience with these types of powertrains that are coming in in yeah in the future. So you know, from their from their Le Mans programs, they're very, very similar sort of sets of powertrains with similar sort of power levels from the electronics and the the motor the electric motors and from the uh, from the internal combustion engines themselves so it's a much more simplified setup but it's a much better setup arguably I mean, for a race car they they literally already had a V6 turbo
2: just sat on a dyno ready to go like they they've been working on this
1: kind of technology for a long time so and it makes you wonder like how long have they been you know there's no anyone anyone with the money can go away with a rule book and say i'm going to make an engine to these specifications and i'm going to keep working on it and spend as much money as i want on it not say anything about it to anyone and give myself a really good starting point you only have to announce aka mercedes yeah you only have to announce well mercedes were already part of the sport though so they had to they were restricted in certain. Yeah, they places, didn't get they the extra time and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah but, I suppose
0: the, the, but but ultimately, like to do it as a manufacturer, that is what they did. They they sat back and did things essentially outside in preparation to be as as best as they could when the new regulations hit
1: yeah i suppose you, you it's a, i guess that's an option if you it, to to do other things outside of thing in real yeah are that, yeah. that sort of vaguely connected to what you think they're going to go for in the future i guess is a, yeah. a way of doing it yeah um but yeah make no mistake you know uh porsche and audi are probably re- probably been reverse engineering some of their stuff to 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 sort of work within this rule set for a while and they've probably been doing that knowing and probably that's led to a lot of the lobbying that they've been doing to get
2: yeah the, get the rules but, they wanted
1: the shape it is you know like they yeah. they know what they're working with so they they're kind of at an advantage over everyone else which kind of makes you understand why other people other teams have been a little bit sort of maybe certain people are a bit uncomfortable with these teams coming in but yeah, you know, like you, you can't stop someone <clears throat> you can't make someone un you can't make people unlearn the things yeah. they've learned before they've entered the sport and that's the that's the beauty of it. So you they, you could be that Audi and Porsche show up and absolutely monster everyone with some amazing engine that they've been building for the last yeah. 10 15 years. <clears throat> what you are uh,
2: building that V6 hybrid for? Oh no reason. Don't don't worry about this. It's a concept that we're working on. No no need to worry about that. Uh, Right, final question this week from Tom Murray. If the cost of replacing power unit parts was championship points rather than grid drops, do you think teams would make a bit more effort to manufacture an engine that lasts longer?
1: Yes, 100%
2: yes. They'd weigh more, but yeah. Here's the problem. Go on. What happens if Max Verstappen wins the world championship, gets enough points, no one can catch him, and the next race he takes an engine penalty? It's like, oh, actually, he's actually not got the championship because he's just had some points docked off him because he's had to take a new turbo. Then fine.
0: Well, you don't you don't officially crown a champion until the end of the season. Yeah, anyway. it's not the
2: end True. of the season. True. I I can see the logic I mean, behind that. Ma- but... math-
0: mathematically, yes. He now no one can catch him, providing he's not docked points.
1: I mean, but, I mean, yeah. well, you could say the same. Like you could say you could say the same. What if? Because um, we don't know really what the what the what the penalties are going to be in terms of if if the team break the budget cap. So you could say yeah, that's true. Just happens. You know, yeah, he's won the, he's won the world championship at Singapore. But then it might come out next race that. Red Bull have massively exceeded their budget cap, and they're going to be docked hundred mm-hmm. points. Like <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so suddenly it's like which would, which would work, which would be quite nice for everyone else because he's so far ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> it the finally put Leclerc back
0: in touching distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: don't think that's going to happen, but <laughs> yeah. there's an argument to say if he, you know, what if like he he wins the world championship by loads. By say, I don't know. I mean, he's already over 100. What is he? 100 points ahead now? Something like that? Uh,
0: more than, I think. 117, well, over, over 100 I think. My I can't really be to so, do the maths in I right mean, head.
1: They could literally, Red Bull could get docked. They could go well over their budget, get docked 50 championship points for their lead <laughs> driver and still win the world championship. So oh, then it, oh. and, then, and then does that mean that l- this is just a rhetorical situation but then that absolutely makes a farce of the budget cap doesn't it at that point yeah because it just means you can spend mm-hmm. what you want and as long as you get far enough ahead of everyone else then you win the championship even if you get docked a bunch of points yeah I mean but
0: like Paul said in the chat just listening to us like saying you could only take you could do it so you only take the points away from the constructors but I think for some that wouldn't That'd make them more inclined to just break the rule anyway, because they're more yeah, interested totally. in the drivers' championship than they are yeah, the constructors' championship. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So at that point, Ferrari you could win a driver's
2: title by tanking your constructors' championship. And but, that, yeah. but
1: this wasn't the question. This wasn't the question, was it? The cost of replacing power unit parts rather than grid drops. Mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with taking. Um, but then, at the same time, like these grid drops do give us quite interesting mixed up races and give us something to look at when you've got a boring race and you've got a driver at the back who's in a way faster yeah. car overtaking people. So there's, there's definitely an element of it, it that's,
0: yeah. There's definitely elements of it that are, that still make for an entertaining race, no matter which era it's been in um, that it's happened. But
1: then they're talking I'm... about bringing back reverse grid sprint races now. Finally, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll talk yeah. about a lot of stuff.
2: Some of it's better than others. But we'll do that next week, I guess. Cool. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think I think the thing that brings this question to the forefront this week in particular is probably because of how confusing that grid ended up being. Like, it doesn't. It's not necessarily devalued qualifying, but it's confused even hardened, <laughs> yeah, veteran fans yeah. of the sport and and even officials of the sport have been. I mean, you might as well perplexed.
1: Pulled, you might as well have pulled names out of a hat for that grid. Yeah, yeah,
0: like. It, nobody knew, <laughs> nobody knew um, so I think that's maybe part of where this question is rooted as well, to try and avoid that confusion for the general viewership But yeah, I mean I, would, I for some reason when we were talking I had a bit of an idea in my head but it's kind of yeah. faded away now <laughs> while we've been talking about other things the
1: confu- on the confusion, just to the last point then on the confusion side of things, it's only confusing until you see the grid you know, like at some point the race is going to start and you're going to the grid's going to be there and yeah. you're going to know then yeah. like just because like the information is available doesn't mean you have to have it <laughs> <You know laughs> I mean? like, yeah. doesn't i think a thing with formula 1 fans is they like to know things don't they people yes. like to yeah. know what's going to happen so they can make predictions so they can they can be a pundit and they can you know us included yeah um, and it is it is frustrating when you don't necessarily know what the grid's going to be after qualifying, but at the same time, it doesn't happen that often, and it's quite intriguing when it does happen, and it usually leads to fun races, so I don't really have much of a problem with it. Yeah, it's,
2: I, I think it's, it, it's a discussion that happens this time of the year a lot because you often have yeah. Spar and Monza close to each other, and that tends to be where teams like to take these penalties, so yeah. I'm sure next weekend there's going to be next to none, possibly none at all, and we don't even think about it, but... Yeah, it's a bold prediction, Chris. Bold prediction.
0: <laughs> Should we call it there, then, gentlemen, on this one? Let. So the questions, have we? We,
2: we? survived the triple header. We did it.
0: We have survived a triple header somehow. Yeah. even though we've uh, all we've all be, we've all missed, at least, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all missed at least one of them. Yeah, yeah, we've all missed at least one of them. So yeah, if you'd like to get in touch with us through uh, the week leading up to Singapore, and because it'll be our preview next week, so. In fact, is it next week or is it the week after? Week after. Oh, week after. Yeah. We're missing We're missing a race, aren't we, in a country that shall not be named.
2: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> That's where we should have oh. been in a week's time. But we're not anymore. Moving swiftly on. So, yeah, moving away from that, we've actually got a little bit of a gap. So if you'd like to send us some... Uh, Questions for us to discuss in like a bit, what'll be like a little bit of an off week podcast, then feel free to send them in. There's plenty of ways you can get in touch. You can find us on Facebook, buy for Back of the Grid. You can head to Twitter and just look look up Back of the Grid there as well. Or you can head to the website at backofthegrid.com where there's a contact form as well as the option to join all our predictions leagues and fantasy leagues and so on. Uh, and then there's a good old fashioned email as well. We can do hello at backofthegrid.com and email us directly. Uh, that is it for this week so thank you very much for joining us for the Italian GP review and we'll be back next week to discuss F1 in general goodbye everyone
1: Bye. bye